Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Now, here's Wiggy, Gresh, and Keith on WEEI. In hour two of this football Sunday, getting you ready for non-New England Patriots action. Of course, the Patriots already played their game on Thanksgiving Day out in Minnesota. Joining us now on the Harbor One Hotline, as he does each and every Sunday, is our friend Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston. Tommy is brought to us by Dr. Matthew Lapresti, Leonard Hair Transplant Associates, the hair doctor of Tom E. Kern at 1-800-GET-HAIR. By Awaken 180 Weight Loss, become your own success story by dropping the weight holding you back. It starts with just one call to Awaken 180 and by Unified Office, where they help businesses maximize every incoming call at unifiedoffice.com. Tommy, good morning. Hello, Andrew. Hello, Richard. Hello. Uh, Well, that was something on uh, Thursday night. What was your big takeaway from Thursday? The shame of it is that we suspected maybe that going against the Minnesota Vikings would afford the Patriots a chance to see a defense that was, you know, more like a triple-A pitcher as opposed to what I thought were major league defenses, specifically with the Jets. So they did that. And what did they do? Protected beautifully with a patchwork offensive line. Mac Jones didn't just carry his efficiency over and a, a version of turnovers over into that game. He was He was pretty explosive. He was accurate. They looked terrific offensively in so many different ways, and then they sprung a leak elsewhere. They didn't just spring a leak defensively, which I thought they might against a better quarterback. They hemorrhaged a bit. They continued their pension for penalties, and they added in some special teams coverage maladies. So to me, you, you plug one hole in the dam and another springs a leak, and that to me is a sign of a team that's not really very situationally smart or at this juncture well-coached enough to be crisp. What was the bigger surprise to you? And I know maybe you alluded to it based on the opponent, but that the offense looked like a real NFL offense and they were moving the ball down the field and and Mac Jones uh, was really comfortable back there or that they had almost zero pass rush against an offensive line that was banged up and, and couldn't do anything right the week before against Dallas. Probably the Patriots crispness on offense. I, I mean, they're watching and dealing with a professional quarterback for the first time since they saw Aaron Rodgers, and Aaron Rodgers doesn't have the depth of weapons that Minnesota has, as we saw the other night. You know, Justin Fields beat them 33-14, to 14, but the majority of that was done by extending plays. And, um, you know, Lamar Jackson is a, a good thrower, exquisite dual-threat guy, but, you know, they just haven't seen enough 
what you would call NFL professional throwers who can say, okay, here's what we're going to do. So I didn't look at the defensive performance as being stunning. I thought the offense, you know, to see Mac Jones after a 23 for 27 performance go for, and it's escaping me what his completions were the other day, but throw for 382, mm-hmm. I think he's like 35 for 42 over the last two games. That can't be right, but it's pretty damn close. <laughs> Um, or better than that, actually, over the two games. So that's a great sign that they can move the ball and that Mac can do more with the receivers that he has, which I've felt are you know B-minus level receivers to B-level receivers that he just hasn't had the time to get the ball out to. Tommy, bigger mistake, the officials in ruling Hunter Henry's catch incomplete or the Patriots complicit in their own demise on the kick return for a touchdown? I mean, you have more time for the officials. No, I kind of say that tongue-in-cheek because it felt like that Hunter Henry play was unnecessarily uh, complicated by right? rules and replay. Well, the, th- the hard thing for them, and I don't think that they were thinking that, had they ruled that a catch... That would have set a precedent. Now, to me, the ball hit the ground. For all the folks who are saying it never hit the ground, there was contact between leather and turf. However, it was controlled. There was never air between the ball and Hunter Henry. So for me to say someone loses control of the ball that doesn't survive the ground, I need to at some point see air. And I saw the back of his hand. I saw his left hand on it the whole time. I saw the back of his right hand on it the whole time. Never did I see a loss of control, i.e. air, between player and ball. I get what they were trying to say, but don't you have to show me something to overturn clear and indisputable evidence that it wasn't a touchdown? Which means air. Show me air. Never saw it. Should have been a touchdown. Yeah, it's frustrating, too, when you see the Travis Kelsey play from a couple weeks ago, and you're like, that one even looked like he had less control over it, and it was a touchdown. But whatever. Here we are. I feel like that's probably not going to go away. Uh, Tom, I know you, you've written about it, but the negative plays the offense has had really the, throughout the season uh, has been pretty remarkable, and yet they've been able to overcome it. You know, they still do have a winning record despite how it feels, you know, certain weeks. But between the, you know, just getting tackled for a loss, sacked, penalties, like all those things, wh- who gets most of the blame for that? Like, is, is that a coaching thing? Is that just individual talent, you know, you know, getting beat and then having to hold? Or, like, how do you kind of break that all down? It's interesting. Just to, to give the numbers, over the last eight games, since that Green Bay game, the Patriots have had 115 negative plays. That includes... <laughs> Um, 63 penalties, and then uh, 55, or was it 65 penalties? Either way, 53 negative plays, which means runs for negative yards, sacks, um, interceptions, fumbles, and that was it. And I didn't even include the zero and one-yard runs. And then you add in the 63 penalties, and you end up at 118 negative plays in eight games. And you run offensively probably about 55 plays a game. It's two games worth of negative plays Mm. from what we purport to be one of the best coach teams in the NFL, or at least the one with the most storied coach. I think the Patriots coaching staff is too small. I think the 13 um, pre-staff penalties going into Thursday night and the 20 holds is 
attributable to the fact that Matt Patricia is either not a good offensive line coach or spread too thin to coach them or the players. We don't often enough blame the players. They know what a hold is. They know what a false start is. They know how to align correctly. I look at it as being a poorly coached or poorly um, absorbing team in the way that they do their business. It's, it's staggering. I think a lot goes to Patricia in terms of if you have that many negative and zero and one yard plays. And again, there's a ton of those zero ones that I didn't include in the 115. That he's not a good play caller. Negative plays means not good. So that's not being a, a tremendous play caller. Where do we lay the blame? I think more often on Bill for putting guys in tough spots. He's the root cause, but players have to share it and the coaches have to share it. But Bill didn't prepare this team well enough to be crisp, smart, and ability and have situational awareness in 2022 to be a, what we would define as a quote unquote good team, regardless of record. Well, and when you look at the negative plays, and there are the ones that are just inefficient, right? Like the Kendrick Bourne reverse on you know second mm-hmm. down. It's just a that's just a crap play call, and you know that goes into a coaching category. What gets me, Tommy, is that. There are veteran players. If you're a first or a second year guy, like again, Pierre Strong, like Keith and I touched on it, that's a big mistake. There's no question. But he's a rookie. I can at least rationalize, okay, that's a rookie mistake. When your first round right tackle has holding calls and jumps off sides eight times over the course of a year, like that's the one where I'm really scratching my head and being like, okay, where's the level of concentration for some of the veteran guys? To me, that's the real alarming stuff are the penalties that are made by veterans who, whether they've been coached that long by Bill Belichick or not, who really should know better. That doesn't happen around here. Take Trent Brown, for instance. You're in a critical third down. You still have a chance to tie the football game, and he decides to try a cut block, which a cut block on a, on a rushing defensive end is basically like a center fielder with a sinking line drive in front of him diving to make a catch. You're either going to make it, and it's going to be you're going to get the out, or you're going to miss it, and the ball's going to roll for a while. And that's basically what happened. Um, he missed the block. Matt got sacked. And then on the final drive, where there was another sack, Cole Strange got absolutely got his ankles broken by a, an electric play by an inferior defensive ta- uh, lineman. It just went through him, and then there was no room to stand up, step up for Mac because Trent Brown was getting, you know, was at least on fifty-fifty ground, but he had no room to step up. So those are critical times, critical plays by a very highly regarded and highly paid left tackle in Trent Brown and a first-round pick in Cole Strange. That harpooned your day to try and win the football game, in my estimation. Uh, any takeaways from Bill Belichick in the post game? I know he's always mad and surly and everything else after a loss, but I feel like a loss in which the defense and special teams don't play well, I feel like it's even worse. Mm. Maybe that's just my working theory, but I feel like he was even more annoyed on Thursday night. No, I thought it was standard fair adaptation. Okay. I did find interesting the, the number of people who felt that he was sniping at the media um, when they asked about the Hunter Henry call. I thought he was more saying, underscoring and underlining the fact, please make sure you guys go and get them on the record like you usually do. That's what's supposed to happen. Get them on the record. Make them explain it. Um, 
I it did think seem it was like being he was condescending. Oh, okay, yeah. I mean, I guess you could read it either way. I, I did think it was sort of like, why don't you guys do your job? And you're like, all right, well, we're asking you right now. Like, we'll get over to the pool reporter. We'll do that after. But and he threw the thank you in there. Yeah, I that's don't, I don't why like people thought yous. it was snarky. <laughs> I don't like the, the old, uh, the old I just, thank you. I I just think that that he like if I was talking to him privately, he'd say, go go do that. I want to I want to see it. I want to mm-hmm. hear what they have to say. Get them out. Make them be on the record. Um, he just knows that him saying anything is going to result in a fine or it's not like an excuse so you guys go get it from them so we can all look at it and i, I, I think that yeah. that's one of the aspects of it. sorry no tommy yeah. on thursday the bills come to town stay to the bills how do you view this uh, group coming into gillette thursday night isn't it hard because we look at these teams and we want to do a comp how did the patriots look against the lions how did the bills look against the lions how did the patriots perform um you know how are they you know, taking care of the ball and, and performing. And how are the Bills? Bills are coughing it up against the Minnesota Vikings and, you know, life and death and the Patriots and, and lose to the Vikings. The Patriots actually were a little bit better off. But you could say the Bills beat the Vikings four times and didn't escape with it. So they're dumb too. Patriots are dumb. There's just so much situational, as Brady said earlier this year, there's so much bad football being played out there. So how do I look at it? I look at it as the Bills still being a more talented team than the Patriots. They have a better quarterback who's more of a dual threat, but he's injured. So X factors all over the place. I'd imagine the Patriots aren't going to get boat raced again. They've got to keep it under 25 for the Bills to be regarded as a defense that's capable. And if you look at the other night, guys, eliminate the punt return, eliminate the Pierre Strong extension, you get a team that really allowed 19 points to a Vikings offense. And again, you can't eliminate it, but you get what I'm saying. <laughs> no, yeah, yeah sure. no. Totally understand it. Tommy Kern of NBC Sports Boston. It's going to be a, a short, quick week for those of us who cover the Patriots like Tommy. And, of course, he joins us on the Harbor One Hotline. Tom, thank you, friend. We'll talk to you uh, Tuesday on Gresham Keefe. All right, thanks. Enjoy today, guys. There you go. You too. You. Tom Kern of NBC Sports Boston. And, again, he is uh, scheduled to be joined with Marloni, Foyer, and Mego at uh, 3.30 on Thursday. We'll see what that happens there. Might have slide him around a little bit because mm-hmm. again Thursday the Patriots will take on the Bills. Yeah, Let's go. I am not into these Thursday games at all. Don't care for them nope. at all. And now this one won't even be NBC. This one will be back on the old Prime. Oh God! Although local markets don't they have to put it on like a real channel? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I so think you they can do. Get okay. it. And again, we we are at least functional in Twitch, and so we know we can just yeah. flip on Twitch and the games right there. But still, it's Al Michaels who all he does now is complain about doing the Thursday games and Kirk Herbstreit who just is always talking about where he's going to be on game day the next Saturday. I uh, that, that, that Herb Street thing's going to be a one and done, it feels like. I like hope if so. Sean McVay walks away, yeah. Amazon will just be like, what do we need to pay you to go away? It was just one of those. At the time, it was a bad hire. He's fine. Like he he's fine. Put him on Texas Texas A and M, and it's great. He's great doing those. Just like like Jay Billis and Bill Raffrey. Love those guys. You put them on, you know, the NBA TNT doubleheader. Like I don't want that. No bueno. I don't want that. I don't know what kind of contract her, Kirk Herbstreit got. Let's just say Probably a good one. Let's just say five years, fifty million, right? Yeah. And then they say, man, we're gonna put old McVeigh in there or someone like that. They owe forty mil. 
How much of that would you take in Amazon credit? <laughs> well, I mean, the way I rack up Amazon, probably a lot. I was just going to say. Amazon. But, yeah. I mean, you could gift it. It's killing this country, though. Can, can you imagine, though, being able to, like, gift that to your wife? Be like, yeah. hey, listen, I got a Amazon big gift card. Bucks. Well, like a million, maybe. Yeah, sure. Put it on there. Sure. Put in the code one mil, and it, we'll be okay. It and it whittles it down from yeah. there. Uh, it's like the Duncan points or something like True. that. It, the rewards. Uh, the rewards points. Yeah. There it is. Uh, we're going to take a look at the Patriots' defense against the Bills, and... How much does pride matter for the Patriots on Thursday night? Right now, we're just a couple of Sanos. Did I do that right, Ethan? A Sanos? We're a couple of a Sanos saying, let's throw it to Ethan for trending. Did I get that right in Greek? I think I did. I, I saw my I big. Know, like, no, you I saw my big. I thought I, I. I saw my big fat uh, Greek wedding. And doesn't the old man go? Hey, bring this Aseno in with the long hair, and it's just like it's someone who isn't Greek, right? Okay. He's not buying it. Have you never seen that movie? I so as a Greek, no, I have not seen that movie. <laughs> as a Greek, as no. a Greek. As a All Greek. right then. Well, here's Ethan. He's yeah, trending. Right. Your home of the Sox. Now here's what's trending on WEEI. Trending now, brought to you by Wilmington Builders Supply. Contractors, Wilmington Builders Supply has everything you need to make your next project a success. With a full line of building materials, including Matthews Brothers windows, Wilmington Builders Supply has what you need. Get your new window project started with Matthew Brothers windows today at wilmbuild.com. Now I need to hear it in Greek, Your Patriots please. off today as they get ready for their Thursday night football game against the Bills here at Gillette. However, we do have games for you all day long. Be sure to stick around after the show for Bears versus Jets at 1, then Rams versus Chiefs at 4, and then for Sunday night football coverage starting at 7.30 with the Packers and Eagles. In college football, Boston College fell 32-23 against Syracuse while UMass fell to Army 44-7 to end their respective seasons. The Celtics face the Washington Wizards this afternoon at the Garden. Tip-off for that game is set for 6 p.m. and the Bruins off until Tuesday with the Tampa Bay Lightning coming to town. The Bruins are currently defending a 12 game home winning streak to start the season and NHL record. I'm Ethan Ursadulu and that's what's trending at WEI and WEI.com. Will the Patriots defense pride up against the Bills? Are they better equipped to deal with Buffalo? Keith and I will impact that and inactives at 1130. That's next. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This portion of WEI Football Sunday brought to you by Cars for Kids. The easy way to donate your car, donate today. You can be picked up tomorrow 
Go to carsforkids.com, 1-877-CARS-FOR-KIDS. 11-25, Gresh and Keith here with you on WEI Football Sunday. Kyrie Thompson at WEI.com will join us for a chat at noon. We'll go around week 12 of the NFL. Uh, we will get your picks in before we are out of here. Um, I was going to text Wiggy, but I think he might be on a big bird right now coming back. I was going to think you're right. He had some. Yeah, he's coming back, so he'll be on the show tomorrow. We'll yeah, just uh, skip him out. Yeah, uh, we'll just, yeah, I missed a week, so this way we'll all catch up by the end. That's right. Yeah, because I'll have one, well, hopefully Knock at the end wood. of the day, right on, right. on uh, Sunday, January 1st. Fair enough. Depending on how these things change. Hopefully Laird Man isn't listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I saw Gerard Mayo was asked. Oh, and by the way, Patriots are having a normal Wednesday day today. Bill Belichick speaking at noon, practice at 3, or practice at like 12.30, and then uh, 3 o'clock players are going to talk on a Sunday. That's going to be so weird for yeah, those guys. Yeah, it's really bizarre. I think the Cowboys have done it a few times, and maybe the Lions, but the back-to-back Thursday game is a Very strange odd. one. Because usually you have that short week, you're like, all right, well, now you get a long week. You get like a mini-buy, they always call it. But now it's like, no, no, now you have like a regular week, but it's just Thursday, so all the days are all thrown off. Both teams get it after the second Thursday game they play. Yeah, exactly. The, the mini So they're in the same boat, so neither team has a short week now right no real advantage bills, for either team yeah right bills played what eight hours earlier but right it, same thing Ugh, yeah man the whole early thanksgiving game you're trying to like listen to the commentary yeah, and get stuff ready it's and a whole, it is it's a uh, whole thing it is rough however the new england patriots the last two times out defensively have not fared great they against have, the bills they did not know and uh how much does pride matter Thursday night for the Patriots defense. Aside from everything going sideways with the Bills in terms of Josh Allen and his elbow and injuries and offensive line issues and all that kind of stuff, is this one where the Patriots look inward and say, yeah, th- this Thursday night is about us? Uh, yeah, and there's so many, there's a lot of guys that overlap, right? There's at least enough different guys that you would say, all right, there's a little bit fresh blood there. They're obviously faster than they were before, but there's still plenty of guys that experience those two beatdowns yep. where they gave up well over 400 yards in both of those, famously did not force a punt the last time they faced the Bills. It was just touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. And it looks like they didn't have an answer at all for Josh Allen. So, yeah, I would think this one would have been circled on the schedule as soon as it came out. Like, are the because the Bills now are the measuring stick in the division, and mm-hmm. even though their arrow might be pointing <laughs> down a little bit, I was just gonna say right now they are. No, they. Yeah, I they, mean, it is. It still is. It, like, even though you could make a case that Miami's better than them right now. The Bills have won the division the last couple of years. They have the best player. Like, I, I still think you can look at the Bills. Uh, and because the Patriots got absolutely smoked the last two times, yeah, this is huge. Like, how, how do they how do they look against the Bills? And two of those games were at the end of the year where Matt Judon wasn't the same guy. Correct. And I don't know if this Thanksgiving game was a one-off for him, but that was the fear uh, going into this year. And he even talked about it on our show. He was like, yeah, I need to finish the way I start the season. Right. He looked like an all-pro through 10, 12 games. And last week was the first week where he yeah. really got shut down. Yeah, and listen, I am not. I think they did a great job knowing where he was all the time. They tried lining him up in different spots, and the Vikings were ready for him. Kevin O'Connell, that's did a good job. offensive-minded yep. coach. He did a good yep. job of making sure that they knew where he was. But to the point... But every team's the... going to do that now. I mean, you would think. Well, I mean, the would, guy who's leading the league in sacks, they should be all over him. So not just him, though. Like, how does, how does everybody respond to facing Josh Allen, who a lot of these guys have seen a bunch now, 
And so there's no surprises. You know that he can run. You know that they're going to want him to run. You know he can chuck the ball 70 yards downfield if need be. And that's the thing. Like, I know he had that big throw down the middle to to Diggs when they needed it at the end of the game. But his, you know, the – some of the balls out of his hand kind of flutter a little bit. You mentioned the bad decision-making. Yeah. It's almost like, okay, what version of Josh Allen are you getting, and how can the Patriots coach their defense to force him to do things that he either has yeah. been inconsistent in doing or that really tests that elbow? Because it seems like some of the footballs that he – that's to me where the inconsistency is with, with him right now. There's the decision-making, yeah. which has been an issue for about three, four weeks now – but there are some footballs that come out of his hand, and you're like, man, that doesn't look right. Yeah, I don't know what it is, because I feel like there's been a ton of pressure on him the last three years, and he's made more bad decisions. But is it possible that he's feeling it even more now? Like this is Well, he's the only thing that they the know guy. they can rely it's, on. It's it. It's him and Diggs. Like, those are the two guys that are playing. Uh, well, Diggs is having a great year. And then Allen, again, you, you can sort of poke holes in it. There are certain games and performances where you're like, yep, that's a that's an MVP. And then there's just too many turnovers, though, to mm-hmm. really think that, that he's going to win that award. But, I don't know, two big games against the New England Patriots and their defense, that could sort of swing things back in his favor yeah, as well. Yeah, I mean, I think the injuries become a mitigating factor. Now, again, we'll see how healthy the Patriots are on defense. But, yeah. I keep coming back to two guys that you didn't have last year that can they make a difference in dealing with Josh Allen. And one is Mac Wilson, and then the other is Jabril Peppers, where it feels like Jabril yeah. Peppers is getting more and more within the defense type of playing time. It's not just special teams and then a specialty role here or there. It feels like they're rolling him out more and more. And I'm starting to wonder if he might be in some way a replacement for Devin McCourty because I'm starting to think that at the end of the year, McCourty's going to hang it up. It's 35. You think so? Yeah. I know they asked him about it. Well, kind of uh, on the Greg Hill show. And he's like, you know, it's a decision I make in the off season type of thing, but, but it feels like, I thought he was going to retire like three years ago. So like, I, I thought after they won the Super Bowl against the Rams, like, did what? he go out on top I thought and be so, done? But he's yeah. still been, you know, well, he can enough. still run, yeah. but there's little things that I think you'd like, you know, I don't know how willing he is to stick a snout in there anymore in terms right. of trying to stop the run and things like that. But back to the overall point. Well, the over, yeah, I also wonder if uh, in the linebackers, I agree with you, or in the safety as far as Josh Allen, but then also the corners seem like across the board are better. Even though J.C. Jackson was really good, I'm, yeah, not, yeah. I'm not saying he... You're, you're referencing the group. Like, the group seems better where there might not be that... Was it Isaiah McKenzie had, he had like 125 yards and like 11 catches? Yeah. And every time it was a Miles Bryant, like every time he was on him, they'd throw to him. Yep. I feel like they're better equipped now where if you trot out Jalen Mills... Jonathan Jones, Jack Jones, there's less of the receiver not named Steph Diggs who still has an overwhelming advantage. You're down to your fourth wide receiver against Miles Bryant unless they start to play Marcus Jones a little bit more. Is it time to roll? Now, is this too big a game to put him out there? Yeah, I don't even know if it'll come to that because don't you feel like Dawson Knox is on the field a lot? So I feel like it's going to be a back three Mm -hmm. wideouts and Knox is probably what you're going to see a decent amount from the Bills. So... I don't think Allen can drop back in in like oh Gabe Davis is always going to have an advantage like no if Jack Jones is on him like I think Jack Jones against well it, Gabe that's Davis. A, like, that's I, at least competitive right, whereas you're right with Miles Bryant it yeah. felt like whomever he was on he was getting pants. and we hit on it in the in the first uh, segment I mean some of those Justin Jefferson catches 
where it was good defense. It's just that's a better player. And Diggs can make some of those, but I don't know if Gabe Davis can or, or Isaiah McKenzie can. I think those guys have to be open for them to really hurt you. And I think the this secondary overall is probably better than the one that Josh Allen faced a year ago. Uh, you'd like to think so, yeah. I'm looking at uh, the lineup detail for the Bills and just kind of yeah, oh, seeing. what they normally go with? Yeah. Uh, so they got offensive linemen. Duh, duh, like and Allen, Diggs, and who cares? <laughs> well, but it's it's Allen, Singletary, Diggs, McKenzie, Davis, Knox. Those are more often so, than not the guys you get on the field. Three wide outs. So in theory, yeah. you and might not throw need to Singletary Bryant. too. But that seems like a guy that I wouldn't imagine he hurts them too much on the ground. Don't you think Josh Allen will have more rushing yards than Devin Singletary? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah. You would definitely think so. Um, I'm just trying to see. There was uh, so the. It's funny. The next grouping that they have here is same skill guys. Yep. Allen, Singletary, Diggs, McKenzie, Davis. Except it's just have a different offensive lineman in there. Okay. So uh, Jamison Crowder has gotten a little bit of run as well. Yep. And that really becomes the, the the question for the Bills. You know, how do they look at the Patriots' defense and say what's the best way to attack? Mike, because you you make a good point in having Knox on the field. It's important to them, but I don't know if it's a necessity. Mm-hmm. Might this be one of the rare teams that say, you know what, to get Miles Bryant on the field, let's put four wide receivers out there. Yes, that means we're trusting our five to block their four, and then we know that Josh Allen has the ability to kind of move around, make plays, and all that kind of stuff. It will be a fascinating chess match, and I would like to think that if Gerard Mayo is really, truly intent on being a head coach in the NFL, this is a litmus game for him. Yeah, In the eyes of other owners and evaluators across the league, they pinched you twice. Right Now how are you going to fix it? Can you fix it? And I also think because there's been a little bit of a, a theme with the Patriots going back to 2019 where they could feast on some of these bad quarterbacks. Mm-hmm. Right Then you face a really good offense, and it's like, oh, wait a minute. You kind of turn back into a pumpkin. So I think enough other owners or GMs would be aware of that, yeah. where they don't just look at the year-end number, right? Because the Patriots' year-end number... They're almost always respectable, if not might good be to great. Yeah. yeah, and maybe they, maybe they, you know, they still have, what, Arizona coming up and another... Like, maybe they... Or, like, the Raiders. Maybe they, st- you know, snuff the Raiders, and then they give up big points to Cincinnati and Buffalo and Miami again, and you're like, well, what's real? Like, what's the real defense right. here? And you're right. If you, if you make Josh Allen look bad twice especially the year before where he really embarrassed you in two games, then, yeah, that, that would go a long way, and Mayo would get credit and Belichick would get credit. Like, that would really make you feel a whole lot better about this team rather than, all right, if they face a backup quarterback, they'll make sure that he looks like a backup quarterback. Uh, I'm with you on that. So let's get to some inactives here. Uh, the Ravens have their list of inactives out. It includes uh, the running back Mike Davis, the tackle Ronnie Stanley, tight end Isaiah Likely, and safety Kyle Hamilton. Now the the good news for the Ravens is they're playing the Jaguars. So Should help. Yep. Might not kill you that bad. Uh, Dolphins inactives are out, and the big name on the list there for them is no Raheem Mostert today. Yeah, so Jeff Wilson. It'll be all Jeff Wilson for because uh, you would think they're going to be up big, and maybe they don't need to throw it to Hill and Waddle all game. You and would they can think just so. kind of run it with Jeff Wilson, so it could be a big game for him. Bears inactives are out. Nikhil Harry on the list. Nikhil Harry. Maybe <laughs> maybe a bigger name on the list for the Bears. Yeah, the, Justin Fields is inactive for the Bears. So is offensive lineman uh, Alex Leatherwood. The Jets inactives are out. 
And Zach Wilson is on that list. Yeah, as, as expected, right? They said he was uh, not even going to be the backup. And so Mike White, so he kind of leapfrogs both Wilson and Flacco. So Mike White, Trevor Simeon is officially the starting matchup for Jets Sweet and Bears. Sweet Jesus. Put it on Thursday night. Move it to say, Thursday right now. Man, that really is something. Uh, for the Broncos, as expected, Jerry Judy is uh, once again man, inactive. That guy never plays. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. It does make you wonder sort of what is going on there long term. Tennessee, they're dealing with Cincinnati today. Uh, their kicker, Randy Bullock. No Bullock? No, but, but I mean. What happened to him? I, mean, I don't know, but imagine waking up today if you, you know, you're in a trip to fan coma and Randy Bullock's your kicker. You wake up, you're like, wait a minute, I have yeah. a freaking kicker. Swap out your kickers. Uh, ben Jones, one of the other big injuries. He is the center who seemingly plays with like broken. Like, Always. Oh, yeah. His yeah. spinal cord's been severed, but he's <laughs> out there. Like, it's one of those uh, ridiculous things. Well, I was just thinking, going back to Justin Fields, like, he's got, like, a separated shoulder and something else, and he was, like, playing through it yeah. for a while. You're like, oh, my God. Uh, Tampa Bay, no Len Fournette, no Kyle Rudolph, no Russell Gage. Still should be no problem against Cleveland. Uh, no, shouldn't be. Although... This is Jacoby Brissett's last start before he has to hand the job back that over. Is true. And he's had a good year. Like, I'm not a big Jacoby Brissett fan, but take a look at what he's done this year. I think it's probably not as surprising as Geno Smith because Geno Smith's got the Seahawks in the playoffs. Yep. But Jacoby Brissett's had some pretty good games this year. He has 11 touchdowns, five picks. He's got a QB rating uh, just under 91. Like, for, the, for who he is, he's... Done pretty well for them, I think. For what they needed him to do, I mean, I can buy it. it it's tough because I, I feel like the, uh, by the way, Jamar Chase officially inactive. Yeah. It feels like with uh, the Browns, they find a way to Browns it up. And, oh, and, yeah. And, but, but, but it hasn't been, you had a quarterback out there who threw 10 touchdowns and 15 interceptions or something no, like that. No, they really cost themselves early in the season. They had that loss to the Jets by a point in week two, and then they lost to Atlanta by three in week four. The Jets game was the crazy one where the onside kick and Nick Chubb scored, and they just couldn't play defense all of a sudden. So those were a couple of swing games because, like, right now, yeah, they're out of it. They're three and seven, but... Had they won two of those games, they were five and five. Oh and yeah, Sean Watson back. Then they, they would have been a player. The, they don't yeah. lose away the Jets game. It's a, yeah. yeah. Uh, speaking of the Jets, James Robinson, a healthy inactive today. Yeah, that's odd because I thought they'd been working him in a little bit. They just yep. traded for him. You know, Brees Hall goes down, and Michael Carter was still their lead back. But I thought they were using Robinson a little bit more, and so that's a weird one to see him go down. Yeah, I'm. Uh, there's something weird going on there with the Jets. I don't know if it's a complete, like, overreaction to what happened against New England. Like, again, I could see sitting down Zach Wilson. That's understandable because yeah. he may have alienated players in his room. But, but you can't use Robinson James Robinson just got there, yeah. And, and, and it's Mike White. Again, it's technically the third-string quarterback that's going in to be the starter today. And you're, uh, and you're sending down some offensive weapons. So there you go, folks. Good luck. Because I know Yikes. that as we approach week 13 in the NFL, you start to get into your uh, fantasy football playoffs. Oh, yeah. So what do we got? Three weeks left in the regular season, I think. 12, 13, 14. And then 15, 16, 17 would be playoffs. Right. And then everybody gets to just kick back in 18. So, yeah. So three more games. Some of us might be uh, needing to win out in the Gresham Key Fantasy oh, League. Oh, yes. I think the two people talking <laughs> to you right now might need to go on a heater and get some help along the way, by the way. That's true. That's yeah. the, I, I'll, need some, I'll need some help. See, here's what's going to happen to me yeah. is I'm going to get uh, Deshaun Watson will be up. 
And yeah. then I'll go on a heater at oh, the end yeah. of the year and miss the playoffs and be tight. like, damn it. Like the real Browns. Yeah, like the real Browns. That's right. <laughs> Except I was uh, I was hoping that uh, Aaron Rodgers would be able to figure it out. And apparently he's got like a straight up busted thumb, I guess. Yeah. Or at least that's what he's been telling people. And the team's trash. Well, the team is definitely bottomed out. Is there any way that Rodgers walks away after this year? No. And just, no. I'm, I'm with you. I'd like I to think, think he's coming back, but he's dancing the dance again. I know. I think he kind of knew what he was signing up for. Like, I don't think he thought it would maybe be this bad, but the whole Devontae Adams thing and, and how the Packers dealt with it, and then they ended up trading him, I think he knew it was going to be sort of a tough year for him, but he's making, what, $50 million? He's got, uh, yeah. he's got a couple more seasons of that. I think he'll be back. Uh, yeah. Well, the Ohio- what do they do with Jordan Love, by the way? What's the point of that guy? Let him you, sit, I, I guess. I guess. Maybe if... Uh, do you end up picking up his fifth-year option, you know, even though he just, hasn't played? I was just about to say, I wonder if they pick up that option because they're worried that, that maybe Rodgers is going to go, or that they trade him, and then... And it's like, well, here's the guy who's been sitting now for four years. What do you even get for him now? Oh, for Jordan. Oh, for Rogers. No, Jordan Love. Oh, nothing. Yeah, I mean, the guy's just sat there. And then somebody would really have to love the guy to want to trade anything to go get him, considering yeah. what is his best trade on a football field? See, I have no idea. Staying warm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's about he's it. found a way to do it. Because the, he is there's, stood in cold weather. Right. There's nothing that we've seen from the guy where you're like, Boy, that snapshot. Like, just think about how many teams, or at least one or two, fell in love with Garoppolo and were willing to trade something for the guy off of, what was it, three games that he played when Brady was suspended? Uh, And some garbage time? It was two. Two. He got hurt in the second one. And then somebody was still like, that guy can play. True. Meanwhile, this guy Love is sitting on the bench, freezing his nards off. He's made one. And everybody's like, why are you here? He made one start last year, and they lost. So he has 71 NFL pass attempts. Wow. He's 42 of 71, which is actually more than I thought. And uh, Well, that's like, what, two and a half games worth, essentially, <laughs> something like that? Yeah, right around essentially, there. essentially. I mean, a, a garbage time game at the end of a year where you're protecting Rodgers and then Yikes. whatever else you get he to do. He had that chief start last year for him when Rodgers was out with Oh, Oh, you're it. right. You're right. That's what it was. But, yeah, nobody's really seen enough of them to, to make a trade. But you're like, yeah, they're first-round picks, so it's, that's a weird situation. Yeah, that is very much so. Who outside of New England is under the microscope today? A coach question and a big team question connected around Tom Brady. We will get to that with you, but I want to remind you that, of course, we gave you the inactives and the injury report sponsored by Catches Law Group. New England construction workers, if you're injured on the job, Catches has your back at CatchesLaw.com. Who's under the microscope next? All right, a couple of big burning NFL questions here as we head into week 12 of the NFL. Kyrie Thompson at WEI.com will be with us at noon. Carolina Panthers are taking on the Denver Broncos. Oh, nice game there. Is this a must win for Buddy Hackett? Uh, no. I think the uh, it's been a, such a terrible season, win or lose against Carolina. They have looked so bad. And he's an offensive <laughs> then guy. It doesn't matter. They, no, I don't think <laughs> he's it does. He's going to be gone. I think, no, yeah. So that's the question is, is does the Broncos front office – 
are they one of those ones that is willing to go one and done? I don't know if every owner has that philosophy right. where they're like, all right, do you, how fair is it to give a guy one year? And but, these are new owners because they put true. this coach in before the new owners right. got there. So I think some teams we've seen, like Arizona is willing to do it. Yep. Cleveland's been willing to do it. Other teams have been willing to do it. You could have made a case Detroit should have done it with Patricia. Like there were, All the signs were there mm-hmm. to get rid of the guy after year one. They didn't, and then that just kind of slows the rebuild process. So I don't think it really matters for Denver. They probably already know he's not the guy. Like that offense has been so bad that, like, if they were just an average offense, they'd be a playoff team. Like their defense right. has been playing pretty well, and so it's the combination of Hackett and Russell Wilson. Russell Wilson's probably even more disappointing. Hackett had those really glaring mistakes early in the season since then it's been more just russell wilson being terrible and then just being so hard to watch so they got hackett in there and they had to hire a guy to help him manage the clock and situations and he gave up play calling yeah so what exactly does he do (laughs) i'm a people person can't you see that he can break dance he is no it's only a matter of time until he's gone and so do teams feel better about giving a guy the start of a second season. Like, I, see, to me, there's so much money. Like, these teams have so much money that if you know your guy ain't it and he's right. not going to turn around, I'm okay with the one and done. Like, imagine if Jacksonville was like, nope, Urban Meyer's our guy. We're keeping Urban Meyer, and Urban Meyer's he's going to live up to the contract. <laughs> well, like, they did do that, and then well, he doubled tried, down. <laughs> yeah, that was a mess. And then he but tried like, harder to get but fired. But there are times where, you know, maybe you get bamboozled during the interview process or whatever it is. That, right. However you pick that guy. Like, that's your first mistake. But you picked him, and then as the season's unfolding, you're like, no, he isn't the guy. Then move on. Try to find somebody that will turn your team around. And so Hackett probably should be gone, but win or lose against Carolina, I feel like he's probably back for you know one more season, but who knows if he makes it through that one. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers are back off of a bye week, and they're going to take on the Cleveland Browns. Is this the beginning of the Tom Brady holiday heater coming up? Yeah, it could be. Uh, at Browns, it is a, it is a road game. No Leonard Fournette, although Rashad White has sort of turned the corner where he looks like he's going to be their number one back anyway. Like right. Even if Fournette was playing, now the backfield's almost like loaded yeah. now. Yeah, so they still don't really look right, but don't you think they're going to go? They're going to still win nine games, win that division. The division stinks. You mentioned Carolina, Atlanta, New Orleans. It's a really bad division. So they're they're going to be a playoff team. Tampa plays the Browns. Then they get the Saints. Then they're at the 49ers. That'll be real interesting. Tom Brady and Uh all. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. And then it's against the Bengals. Christmas Day at Arizona. Then against Carolina and Atlanta. So there's four wins there. Easy. So they're already at five. They're five and five. So they're going to be nine or ten wins win the South. And, and then it's then, just a matter of who they play and can they keep Brady upright. Bingo. Yeah. There you, uh, that at least that's what it feels like mm-hmm. anyway. Uh down there in Tampa. We also have and I know we're going to get into some of these a little bit later on. Cincinnati is at Tennessee, Atlanta is at Washington. But the bigger question that I have for you is, what do you expect out of the Jets today? Uh I think they roll the Bears. The Bears had a little bit of a pulse, but they were still losing games outside of that Patriots win. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Justin Fields was sort of showing that, all right, he is a legitimate NFL starting quarterback, and now he's down. So if you're the Bears, like that defense has stunk, 
and then their one big threat, like he was throwing for two touchdowns and running for one every week. But now do you, you think the that? Jets rally around Zach Wilson not being in the yeah, lineup? I do. Interesting. I think that's part of the reason why he got benched was yeah. because I think it was, yeah, his performance was bad, but they were still winning games with him with the exception of the New England games. Right. Like everybody else he was beating, but I think Robert Sala had to make the decision, all right, do I want to back this kid who nobody likes? Or the rest of the team, and knowing that you know the way he's playing, there probably isn't a huge drop off between him and and Mike White or Joe Flacco. So I think they do respond to that. Plus, I think it's going to be easy for them to limit the Bears to under fourteen, under tw- ten points, even. It so Mike White doesn't much. have to do that much. Right. So I think the Jets get a win. Plus, they're probably looking at. Uh, Oh, the Patriots lost on Thursday. The Bills won, but barely over Detroit. They're like, we're right in, in this it. still. And so I think they're gonna. I think they are gonna reward Salah for that decision. And I think they beat up on the Bears. And I know again, we'll get to it when we start to unpack the rest of Week Twelve in the NFL. But I can't believe Atlanta at Washington actually matters today. It does. Washington's played themselves <laughs> into it, and then Atlanta, as bad as they are, they're a half game behind Tampa. So, I mean, they got a punch of chance, too. Yeah. It really is. We will uh, we will get to all of that coming up here on WEEI Football Sunday. One hour left. It's just Gresham Keith Wiggy is uh, flying back from fight night at uh, Arizona, Arizona State. Big mascot brawl. Uh, week 12 games preview coming up at 1225. The, uh, the bets and the picks. I'll tell you, we've been hot on the picks. Oh, We've yeah. been giving you some uh, winners, to say the White least. Hot. Uh, we'll talk football with Kyrie Thompson at WEEI.com next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.